All right, we are live. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to uh, another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops betting podcast. Uh, last week, I soloed it and gave my favorite preseason bets. Uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and check that out. And if you haven't in general, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Hoops Drive. We're going to be going crazy active on there all year. Uh, but today is one of my favorite segments. I, I really look forward to this every single year. Um, it is the win totals. And today we're going to be doing the East. I got Chuck. If you guys haven't checked out uh, my League Idiot pod that released yesterday, I had him and Kyle Peltz on, and he's back with me today to run through some of these Eastern Conference win totals. It's always a little weird, bro, because we chop it up right before we start the pod, but we got to do it for the camera, bro. How you doing, bro? I'm good, bro. Appreciate yeah. you having me on here again. Of course. Platform. Looking forward to it. You know? Of course, bro. And, and for those of you that don't know, quick Chuck rundown. Me and him have been running a 30-team fantasy league that emulates being a real-life GM to the best uh, that we can make it. Um, and we've been doing it since we were in diapers, basically. So I got I got a lot of love for him. And he knows his stuff. You know, he, I was going to say um, – you know, I'm obviously a huge better. I literally have this podcast dedicated to betting. So I will give you what I'm actually playing, whether I'm leaning a certain way, if I'm just completely passing. Um, and Chuck is here to provide, you know, another set of insight because I know he lives and breathes this, this shit uh, just like I do as well. Um, that being said, guys, I think it's important to go on about kind of how I how I do this. Because I think it's easy when you are looking at numbers beforehand from Vegas to get a little bit influenced by the number you see. Um, and and not I, I think even when you're going to spreads and you can just go look at a spread, I think the best way to really handicap things is make your own line, make your own number. And yes, we're not you know, there's some crazy ass guys with, you know, models and shit like that. But I think there's definitely value to you know, people who just watch the game at a, an ungodly amount. And that's what I do. So I made my line before even looking at the numbers for every single team. And uh, in the spots where I think, you know, there's the biggest difference between me and Vegas, I made a bet. Um, and then there were plenty of spots that uh, basically the number was dead on, bro. But did you notice anything as you're going through the East? Any takeaways, things that surprised you? No pressure if you didn't. If it was all smooth sailing, we're good, bro. But um no I mean there's always like a couple right like four or five you're like damn I got something different but for the most part there's not a lot of disparity I'd say okay cool um well I think one thing too is like the east is sneakily getting better you know I I think I, I started out pretty high when I was going through a lot of these and then I was like damn let me rethink that just based on as a whole the East getting better. You know, you have um, you have New York who kind of broke onto the scene last year, and we'll get to them adding a ton of guys. You have um, Indiana getting a new coach. They were really not healthy all year last year. They're low-key not healthy now either, but, we'll, you know, they're back in the mix. Chicago obviously completely rebuilds um, and retools, brings in a bunch of guys. The Cavs sneakily got a lot better. The Pistons clearly built, built on um, – you know, the foundation they had, the Hawks were really good uh, since Nate McMillan took over the heat at Lowry. I know we talked about us being a little bit higher on the uh, Celtics. Um, so as a whole, and then you got even got the Hornets. So 
Um, I'm just, you know, I'm a little bit more impressed with the East than I thought I was coming in. Um, but without further ado, bro, let's, and I, I will say, so me and Chuck talked about it. I've got a bookie, um, that doesn't necessarily, I'm not getting these lines from Bovada or bet MGM or all these big bookies. So there might be slight differences. Um, but Chuck has his numbers that he looked up. I got mine that I officially have on my book. Cause that's really all I can go off of in terms of, you know, actually putting the money down, but let's start with Philly. I'm curious to see um, what your line had. Like, what did your line say? Uh, they had them at 51 and a half wins. Okay. Got you. The over is minus 130 and the under is plus 100. So I had, uh, I actually have two books. So I just compared two books every time. It was crazy because this was the one that had the biggest difference. One of my books had 53 and a half. The under was super juice at like minus 135 over was like almost plus money. And then another book I had was 50 and a half. And I was almost damn near like, I'll take over 50 and a half under 53 and a half. I think it's kind of a sweet spot. I think the books are having a little bit of trouble adjusting uh, given the whole Ben situation and not really knowing, you know, what's going on. Are they eventually going to get return that helps them this year? Uh, but for me, when I was creating my number, I had them at 52. So I think it's a slight lean at over 50 and a half. It's a slight lean at under if it's 53 and a half. Uh, where are you at on the Sixers this year? I had him at 50 wins, but okay. like you said, I, I think Ben's going to hold out a month into the season. Totally. There's no interest in that, to be honest. Yeah. I, uh, it, it's really hard because, yeah, I, I agree. Ben's going to hold out um, – Really, I don't think Ben's playing another game for Philly, right? And even if they do eventually recoup some value for him, it's not super easy to on the fly just integrate whoever it is into a system unless they're just a stud stud, which I don't know if they're getting that at this point. Um, but I still – I don't know about you. I mean, I, this is still the team that was number one in the East. Obviously, Ben was a big part of that. But they have the defense in place. They still have Tobias Harris, who can be a secondary scorer. Um they have Maxi who's stepping up, you know, I, I still think there's a culture and a plan in place. And, and when you have Joel, that's why I'm still up there in the low fifties. Uh, but I think you also have to, you know, factor in that Joel's going to miss some games. And so for me, it's just too close to call. I don't want any part of it. Um, if it's 50 and a half, I think I lean slightly over 53 and a half. I definitely lean slightly under, I think anywhere from 50 to 53 is kind of the sweet spot for them this year. And it really comes down to, Joel's health, which you can't really cap or really, you know, none of us are, you know, fortune tellers. So I, I'm completely staying away from this one. And sounds like you are too. Yeah. Things can get really bad if Joel misses like a week or exactly. two weeks. Exactly. Like, ben kind of, yeah. right. We've seen in the past where Ben kind of just, you know, stems the tide and is able, they're run, able to run their shit through him when he's out. Not quite the same with Tobias. Um, all right, let's go to Brooklyn. Interesting. 58 and a, uh, I had it at 58 um, on the dot, 57 and a half. Uh, my book, I think, has 56 and a half. It's now getting that much more interesting with Kyrie. So I had some slight value on the over. Um, but again, I, I'm not touching this with, with Kyrie's status up in the air. And then you you really don't. It comes down to one injury to KD or, or Harden. Where, where are you at? What was your number? I had him at 54 wins. Yours was 54. What was uh, yeah, mine was 54. My uh, or what the book I was looking at had him at 55 and a half. 55 and a half. So 
you'd lean slightly under, but not that's not close. That's not a big enough move to, to play. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's really getting interesting. You think Kyrie plays because, you know, you can count Kyrie in for some drama every single year and we're starting it off early. Uh, what, you think he's suiting up, bro? You think they're going to find some sort of exemption? Like, I, I don't know what's going on. Listen, Kyrie, I mean, I've seen so many crazy clips of him today just because he's in the media. Like, he changes his mood, like, every second, it seems like. So, I could, I wouldn't be surprised if next week we hear, like, yeah, I was just doing my research. You know, I'm with the team. I want to win, blah, blah, blah. But I also couldn't, wouldn't be surprised if he's just sitting, bro. Like, exactly. I don't know. And it's hard <laughs> because in, in the Wiggins situation, it was like, all right, you know, Wiggins is generally out of the spotlight. Ultimately, I don't think he's going to turn that money down, right? Like, you're getting – if they're, yeah. they're telling you you're all right 30 plus million you're losing out on like all right but with Kyrie that's like the one dude where it's like bro that might that guy might actually turn down 40 stacks and walk away yeah like I don't know so to me too much uncertainty and it's also one of those things where like Steve Nash knows last year obviously the Kyrie thing was a little bit of a freak thing and, and then James Harden you know but it's like Steve Nash knows that it's like like the great Chuck once said, it's about cooking when it matters. And, you know, they're not ever going to be overexerted. So when you have a number as high as 56 and a half, 55 and a half, things have to go really, really well. And and I trust me, I think the Brooklyn Nets are by far the favorite to win it all. Um, but I think with a, with a total that high, really, you know, the health has to be there basically all year. And it's not something I'm necessarily ready to, to put my money on. This next one, though, bro, I am playing. And I don't know what number you got, but um, I am playing the New York Knicks over this year. Uh, my book gave me 41 and a half. That is easy money in my mind. I, I basically have to go two games over 500, 42 and 40. Uh, I had them at 44 and a half. And when I saw 41 and a half, I slammed it. Uh, where are you on the Knicks, bro? My book had him at 42 and a half, so pretty similar. I got him at 49 wins, bro. Tom Thibodeau or wow, Liam James in the 49? regular season. Makes me feel even better, Chuck. You talk to me about why you like him so much. Bro, listen, like, the biggest problem with the Knicks for me last year is just the lack of offensive creation and paint touches. Like, yep. you got quickly a rookie doing this shit, bro. Right. It was amazing how good he was. But, I mean, he's not making those secondary reads, and he's not making extra passes. Like, imagine Kemba in there. Imagine a full season of D. Rose spelling him. And then Evan Fournier, yep. who's been, like, one of the most underappreciated he is players in the league for the last decade, bro. I just love that. Yeah. No, I know. I loved the additions this year. And, and you you talked about it. Tom Thibodeau, you know, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but he's a regular – I'm not saying he can't necessarily coach in the playoffs, right? That's not what I'm even saying. But I'm saying his coaching style is 100% geared towards the regular season. And how I talked about, you know, the Nets cooking when it matters, Tom Thibodeau will run his guys into the ground to get regular season wins. Like, he has no chill with any of this. And so I think that lends perfectly to a regular season over. They basically, they need it. So we do the numbers, right? They need to go 42 and 40. 42 and 40 is a 52% uh, win percentage. And yes, the East was a little bit weak last year. Um, 
But last year they won 57% of their games. They got better. They have a whole nother year to build on the culture they built. Tom Thibodeau has already, you know, instilled those defensive principles. And, and they got real legitimate, like, vets. Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, you know. And, and Mitchell Robinson might be missing a little bit of the year, but he missed a lot of last year. Nerlens is really perfect for what Tom Thibodeau asked for. So, and Taj, baby. And Taj. And his, he'll be in the right place. Not athletic, but he'll be in the right exactly. place. Exactly. They're just the perfect vet. So, uh, this isn't easy over. It's really disrespectful for the Knicks. Look, I'm not sitting here saying they're going to repeat as a fourth seed again even, but they don't need to do that to win 42 games. Um, it's a regular season coach. I This is probably my favorite over, um, and I played over 41 and a half with ease, my favorite bet um, by far for the Eastern Conference win totals. And it sounds like you're in agreement. Yeah. Um, all right, next game, Boston. I had 46 and a half. My book had 46 and a half. So that I, I don't have much to say. I was hoping to get some value on them based on their shit year last year. I think they bounced back. Uh, but 46 and a half is priced in basically pretty accordingly. You could slightly lean the over. You know, I could definitely see them winning 47 games, but um, it's not like a lock in any means. What, what, where were you on the, on the seas? Uh, the book had them at 46. I had him at like 48, 47. I'm just not confident in it, and especially yeah. what I saw in the preseason. It seems like they're going to play Horford and Williams together. That's a really interesting call. Yeah, I know they Horford started. Horford has never worked at the four. I just don't get it. Not even know. not worked. He was a disaster at the four. Yeah. Um, I, I think you definitely need I, – I feel like that is tailor-made for Horford to play 25 minutes and, and Williams to play 25 because neither of them – I think at this point are 30 minute a night guys. It's just confusing because they brought in Ennis too, which would lend more to the idea of Horford playing some four. So we'll see. I know you, I know you feel like Horford or Horford Cantor won't be in the regular rotation. And that definitely is a possibility. Um, but yeah, I don't think it sounds like you slightly leaning the over, um, but I'm passing on this one. Yeah, I mean, if I'm thinking about how, like, I see the rotation, like, split it with Rob and Horford, but, and then just use Ennis when someone needs a break or when someone yeah. needs a night off. But it seems like they're going to play him at the four and then play Ennis. And, yeah, yeah, I like I like the improvement from some of the other guys on that team, like JB, Tatum, and all that. So, not, yeah, not confident enough to bet that. I got you. All right, let's head to another team. I don't know how into I, I, you know we talk a lot on Discord. I've been really high on the Raptors as an organization for a while. Um, the total I saw on both my books was thirty-seven and a half. I'm ultimately passing uh, because I do think the Siakam injury at the start of the year, Boucher's hurt, um, also no Lowry, um, so there's a lot of uncertainty. But I honestly would lean the over. I don't. I wouldn't put put it past the Raptors, that coaching staff back into Toronto after a down year to go win 38 games. That puts them at 38. Let me get my calculator out. I'm not naturally gifted at math. 30. One more time, bro. Hold on. 82 minus 38. Yeah, they'd have to go 38 and 44, a little under 500. I think that's fair, but I, I would lean the over just because of that culture bounce back year they bring precious in but it remains to be seen how much uh fred van Viet can carry as the guy and how much kyle Lowry meant to that team because he did mean a lot 
But I'm just high on the culture. OG, uh, Pascal, to an extent, higher than most. And Fred Van Vliet, where are you on the Raptors, bro? Book had them at 36 and a half. I have them at 35. Okay. So I'm not willing to bet that, but I can definitely see where you're coming from. A bounce back as very possible. I like to buy low teams, you know, you know, when the teams have a bad year, the year before, you know, unless it's just a shit show, bad culture, they're trying to tank. You generally see, you know, a, a more locked in team the next year. And I think it's a good candidate, but at the same time, they do they lost talent. Yeah, they did. They did lose talent and, and they didn't just lose talent. They lost their heart and soul. Um, and, and do I think Nick Nurse, Nurse is going to put game plans together? Do I think OG is going to take a jump? Yes, but I don't know if that's enough to, to make up for the fact. So a lot of things are going a lot of going in a lot of different directions. I lean the over, but I'm staying away. Um, I do like the over a lot more, too, out of 36 and a half, getting that extra game. I wish I had that, but it's it's 37 and a half on my book. Um, anything else you want to add on the wraps? I mean, another thing is Goran, Goran Dragic. Like, he'll be a rotate. He'll probably start for, like, the first half, and then they're going to trade him, bro. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I don't know. So, do you they think – They might go into, like, a rebuild, like, we want to lose ask, mode. Do you think they are trying – do you think internally with that front office that they're trying to make the playoffs this year? No. I mean, no. Nah. In my heart, no. Okay. I just – it's the Raptors, bro. You know, like that. I think of this just gritty, hard nose against all odds type of organization that's run really well. But, but, but I get it in terms of like the direction of things. And the Siakam injury, if he misses the first month and a half and they start off poorly, then I think they can kind of assess like they did last year and be like, all right, fuck it. Oh, and Gary Trent Jr. too. We didn't even talk about him. I don't know how you feel yeah. about Gary Trent Jr., but. I like the talent. I like the talent. He's a good role player. I like it too. I mean, yeah. good movement shooter, good good gravity. I like I like him. What is uh, like you go ahead. So, no, like I don't it's it's how much you believe in OG. Like what is he going to do without Siakam? How many wins can he get them without right. I mean not like just him but like yeah. how good can he be this in that time period? improvement. How how yeah, yeah. exactly? How much does his improvement really help that team win? Um, and I think that's a really interesting question because I do think he has more in his offensive bag than he's been able to show. Do I think he's, you know, Kawhi Leonard? No. But um, what do you think that starting lineup is this year? Uh, I think they're going to start. Assuming first game Pascal's, of the year. Once Pascal's Pascal's out. Yeah. I'm saying Dragic. I can't say this man's name ever. Um, Van Vliet, Trent, OG, and Precious. And then you can swap uh, – honestly, yeah. I think you you can swap Precious with uh, Siakam once he's back because they ran a lot of no center. Or, or they Siakam started with five. Siakam at the center a lot last year. Okay. So. I could see that. I think gun to my head. And I didn't even see who they started last night. Uh, I don't know that – I feel like Warren's an off-the-bench guy at this point in his career. Not, not that he couldn't start and still play, like, role-player minutes. But I think I lean – Fred, Gary, OG Pascal, Precious. When that makes sense. Back. What do you think when uh when Pascal's out? Who's stepping in? Precious. Precious. Then, okay. Oh, oh, I guess you're right. So I could. Yeah, see, I, I could see Barnesy, dude. I could see Barnes sliding in there at the four and OG at the three, or I could definitely see Goron one, 
uh, Van Vliet to and Warren started last night. Exactly. That's no, Malachi didn't play that much. I'm I'm very high on Malachi. I like him a lot. I'm not sure how to feel about Malachi, bro. I I like him in in stretches, and then I don't in others. So it's like, I like him. Don't get me wrong. I don't dislike him, but I'm not like, oh my god, this guy needs to play 30 minutes a night. You know. So yeah, I think in his second year, no, nah, but like I think he's eventually turning into like an above average point guard type thing. I, I don't think he'll start him. That's why I'm leaning Goran. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move to Milwaukee. Um, what uh, what number did your your book have? One sec, uh, fifty four and a half. Okay, yeah, that was mine too. I had it at a uh, fifty five. Um, I think if I had to guess, I I think they finished around fifty five wins. Um, so I lean the over, but but clearly not enough to play. Obviously, we know all, you know everything about Milwaukee. Super super good team. Uh, won the title last year. It's essentially the same team. Dante should be back and healthy. But again, when, when you see these super high totals, especially a team off a title run, you know that they are not necessarily prioritizing regular season wins. Um, and for that reason alone, I'm, I'm kind of staying away. You killed that one. I, I agree. I got them at 54 wins. I mean, I think personnel-wise, they're about the same. I like Grayson Allen. I didn't like him before last year, but had to update my uh, feelings on him. But I think that's a good pickup. I'm not sure on the other little moves they made. Losing P.J. hurt, but it shouldn't make too much of a And P.J. didn't even really get there till the end of the year for that. So that's true. uh, If you told me they went on to win 56 games and cash the over, totally. I could see it. If you told me they won 55 games, and they don't cash the over. I could totally see that too. So I'm staying away here. Um, all right, next team, and I uh, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts, Chucky, because um, I don't think this is necessarily a popular pick, um, but I am playing the Indiana Pacers over 42 and a half wins at minus 105. I had them at 44 and a half, so getting a two game difference between me and the books here. At minus 105 odds, which is pretty short. I'm not paying up a, a juiced 130 or a 140. I'm getting it at a, a short 105. I really like it here, and, and I get it. I get the concerns. Karis, poor guy, just gets the most random gnarly injuries out of nowhere. He's got like a some sort of thing with his back. They're, they're hopeful it's not going to be super long. Um, and then TJ Warren still, God knows why, is still out. Been about a year since he's hooped. Um, but at the end of the day, I think this is a team that, you know, even last year, you look at him last year with a bad coach. Maybe that's not fair to say, but a coach that did not vibe with them. Miles Turner missed a ton of time. Malcolm Brogdon missed a ton of time. Karis came middle of the year. Uh, Victor Oladipo was terrible. TJ Warren missed basically the whole year. And they still almost finished 500, you know. And so now you think you're, you're getting a coach who I look at. Do I think he's like this elite? surefire amazing coach and rick carlisle no but i think he's definitely an upgrade the system's been there in place right so there's a ton of continuity i love i love duarte i think he's ready to go right away sounds like they believe that too um i i didn't hate the the tory craig pickup at all either um and i love i love their core guys and just being there so they need to go 43 gotta get my trusted calculator out uh, 82 minus 43. They need to go 43 and 39, just a little bit over 500. And yes, if Warren and 
Karis LeVert injuries linger. That could be tough, but it's just a veteran team with a veteran coach that seems to be locked in. I like Duarte. Um, I like Justin Holiday as a role player. I like a lot of those uh, guys that they have, and I don't think they need to do all that much to go hit this over. So I, I'm playing over 42 and a half at minus 105. What are your thoughts on the Pacers? Where did you have their win total at? That was a pretty good take. I'm not even going to lie. You kind of convinced <laughs> me, but I'll give like the counter to that a little bit. But I had a um, advocate, bro. Yeah, Indiana Pacers, 42.5 for the book. I have them at 40 wins. Okay. See, the thing with them, like, I totally agree with you. Yeah, the thing with, like, on the coach, I think Carlisle's going to add wins. Like, he knows how to produce an offensive system through Sabonis, Brogdon, whatever he needs. And, like, obviously the injuries, like, they kill it, but they just need big wings that can defend. And they got Holiday – Brissett, Duarte, Lamb, Lamb hopefully is healthy. They yeah. got depth to kind of withstand the injuries. Exactly. I think for me, man, is they got to play too much of Sabonis and Turner together. I mean, I get it. The talent can easily carry them over 500, and you're kind of making a good case for it, so I like <laughs> it. But I, I feel it. it's not a great fit, right? I think everyone knows Sabonis and Turner isn't a great fit. But at the same time, you know. It's talent talent like how many guys have the talent of Sabonis and Turner they'll stagger they've already talked about hey we're gonna stagger their minutes yes they'll start together but they're not gonna be playing together the whole time and at 42 and a half it's not like we need this crazy ass Pacers run right we need them to play slightly above 500 basketball with a coach who's done that for a very long time and a team that like the Pacers are just steady you know like I think we talked about it you, you they never get too high or too low. And and I do think, again, part of it is me targeting a team that didn't have a really good year last year. And despite that, you know, they in they won 38 games last year in a 72 game season. So in a really bad year, I think most would say. So um, I like this. I like the Knicks one more. You know, if you're if you're deciding between the two, I'll, I'll go Knicks all day on this. Um, but for me, um, I, I do. I do like 42 and a half at, at a short price. I'm playing it, bro. But I, I get the concerns. There's some weird fits. There's some injury concerns for sure. Uh, but all things considered, I think it's it's a good price at 42 and a half. All right. Let's talk about your bulls, bro. You can have the floor. I, I'm dead on. My book has 42 and a half. I had them directly at 42 and a half. Um, and just in general, you know, this is the team that has gone through the most change. Um, so it's really hard, even for someone who watches a ton of hoop. Yeah, I can't tell you how... DeMar, Vooch, Levine, and Lonzo all on the same team are going to play together. So where are you at? You Chicago native. Talk to me about talk to me about the Bulls. All right. Yeah. I mean, the book had them at 42 and a half for me. I got them at 41. Okay. There's no bias involved. Like, I'm not a Bulls fan. I'm a LeBron guy. <laughs> of the Bulls. But see, like, to me, you need time. Like, you need time to gel these things together. There is so much talent, though. Great point. And if you want to bet on talent, go ahead. But for me, I mean, the depth might be an issue. It might not be. But, like, hard to say. It's hard to say on the depth, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, they got some defenders. They got some sneaky good pickups. Yeah. And I love that point, though, bro. Like, nothing in this league just happens, you know? Like, you need repetition. You need real game reps. Like, they don't have that. 
Bet exactly. on them next season after they have a disappointing year. That's what I would do. Exactly. That's what I would do too. I think I, they're just slightly around 500. Like, you know, you're getting Indiana and Chicago have the same win total at 42 and a half. I, I will go with Indiana purely because of the stability there and the continuity. The camaraderie, every whatever word you want to use, bro. I think it's just a safer bet. Um, and the and it's not like it'd be one thing too if like Demar was this proven winner, or Vooch was this proven winner, or Lonzo was this proven winner. None of those guys have been on good basketball teams, you know. And Demar, Demar at the four, Vooch at the five is not defensive. Like that's not passable. It's just not passable. They're gonna have to find ways to mix in lineups with those guys that help them defensively. And I think the paw being out for a little bit, um, you know, I don't it's know. A bad how, ankle sprain. Too. Yeah. I don't know how long, but he's not going to be ready to go opening night unless he's just a, you know, a super healing freak. Um, no, I think that hurts, close, bro. I think that hurts. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I, I put him at 42 and a half and that's what the books are at. If you want, exactly. If you want to go on the talent, Go for it, bro. But I, I think um, there needs to be a lot of time that goes into making that, you know, for Billy Donovan to find the best out of that group. I don't think that's something that just comes quickly. So uh, I'm passing on that for sure. But I, I love that take. The um, East is better this year, too. For sure. Like, we talked about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of the East getting better, you you even have some of these bottom feeders getting better. So let's go to the Cavs. Their total on my book was 26 or 27. I had them at 26 and a half. So I guess some slight value on the under, but not really. It's it's basically there. Um, a team that's sneakily pretty talented now. You know, you go through Colin Sexton. You say what you want about him. Dude is talented. My love child, Darius Garland. Laurie Markkinen's in town now. They draft Evan Mobley, the next AD. Jared Allen's still there. They have their lottery pick in Isaac Okoro from last year still there. Um, it's a really talented team, but how can you translate? Are you going to be able to translate that talent to wins? We didn't see it last year. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. I, I love Garland. I really do, and I think he makes a big difference this year. But at 27, needing to win 28 games, for me, I'm just going to pass on this. I like that. I got my book had him at 26 and a half. I got him at 26. And you should be echoing what you're saying again here. But yeah, I just feel like a big thing is they're going to be lit on offense, like Sexland, Garland, you know, Mobley. Yeah, eventually it will be very good on offense. But the thing is, their defense, man, they don't have Nance this year. Yeah, they no. have Allen, but Mobley at the four. I mean, that's going to be some issues at first just because for he's sure. not going to be able to guard the quicker fours right out of the gate. It's going to be a learning curve for him. He's just not confident. It'll be another high ping pong ball probably this year around 26. High ping pong ball. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I think. Um... Part of me just wants to say, fuck it. The young guys are going to go get it to 28, 29 wins. But I don't like the coach either. Plays weird lineups. They yeah, dude had Drummond and Jared Allen out there last year. Like, yeah. come on. No. Yeah, I'm with you, bro. All right, let's go to another team um, that should be playing for ping pong balls this year. The Detroit Pistons. Um, look, 
I will say I'm higher on the Pistons than most. I'm I'm leaning the over. The the total I got was 25 and a half. I have it around 25 and a half, 26. Now, I don't know how many people watched the Pistons last year, and I don't blame you, but they were the best worst team ever. Like anytime they matched up with a good team, they would hang in there. They were going blow to blow, and then they would lose, you know, against a lot of bad teams, and then they would rest Jeremy Grant and Dwayne Casey's a guy who'll go play like 15 guys deep. No one's playing more than 30 minutes. I love the culture. I think they've got a great group of guys. I'm leaning the over. I haven't played it yet. It's one I'm actually still considering. Um, but I do think it's a team that takes another leap this year. They win some games they shouldn't have won. And they just got to go 26. Got to get the calculator out again. 26 and 56. I think that's doable. I really do think that's doable for a team that they definitely built a culture there. You can tell there's teams that lose with no purpose and there's teams that lose, but you can tell they're building something. And I definitely got those vibes from the Pistons last year. I think Sadiq takes a jump. I think Killian takes a jump. Jeremy Grant's still there. Isaiah Stewart takes a jump. Frank Jackson's still there. Uh, they bring back, they bring back uh Hami, Hami Diallo, I think they bring back – they brought back one other guy too, um, Josh Jackson, <laughs> your favorite. Uh, get, get rid of Plum. Saban Lee. Saban Lee, they bring back – they bring in Kelly Olynyk. Like, I'm kind of talking myself into this over. It's a really low number. Number, I think it's the second – or yeah, I think it's the second lowest number in the East. Um, I'm liking the Pistons over 25 and a half. Haven't played it yet, but I, I do like it. It's just – I got to think on it a little bit more. I gotta start going first because you're literally echoing what I'm wanting to say. But yeah, yeah you can you, go. <laughs> bro, if you just looked at scoreboards last year, you would say the Pistons were ass. But if you watch the games, you're like, oh shit! Like yeah. what? There's some there's some stuff here besides like yeah. Seku or something. But he's gone now. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. Uh, hey, it's hey, my bad, bro. You know, from now on, you're leading off. No, nah, huh? I'm I'm chilling. But like, no, Hawks. <laughs> give me your Hawks take. Hawks, boy, bro. Wait, I want to talk a little bit about the Pistons. Oh, I got them at 28 wins. Let's so, go. We see we're on Killian the Hayes. Hayes had no rhythm last year. He got hurt in like the fourth or fifth game. He'll be he'll be a great like secondary playmaker to Cade this year. I just taking the pressure off. There's literally no pressure on him. He can take it off Cade. Paint touches all day. He can shoot from the outside. He already plays or we played in the France League above average defense, but I think it can translate a little bit, and I think he's going to be an above-average player. So I'm all in on the Pistons this year. I'm probably going to bet that. I love that, bro. I'm I, I I'm even more into it now. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna hit that after we record this, bro. Um, I'm with you, bro. I, Twenty-five and a half, just really, really low. You know, like you go through. I think in the NBA, that's the second lowest total in the whole NBA. So I'm with you, and like you, like we said. Last year, last year, too, it was like, you know, they clearly t they did everything they could to lose at the end of the year. I don't yeah. think we see that. Same. Like, I think, you know, signing Kelly Olenek is just for me a sign. Exactly, like, bro. And you they know, can't like, do that. They know they can't be that bad with Cade. They exactly. Know exactly. So it's it's a it's a year now where they go. All right. We already we already got the number one pick. We tank. Let's build on what we've done now. Obviously, we're not going to go win a title, but like, let's. Let's 
make a clear progression in next year. And I think that definitely pushes them over 25 and a half. Let's go, Chuck. I'm going to go hit that after we, we talk. We'll add no. that. Um, all right, bro. You go ahead and, and play leadoff hitter. I'll hit cleanup for the rest of these. Talk to me about the Atlanta Hawks. We'll, we'll be different on this one. That's good. The Hawks, my thing has them at 47. I got them. I got them at 45 wins, bro. That might be kind of low compared to compared to what other people or what you think of them. But for me, it's just there, there's a lot of offensive ability on that team. There's a lot of depth. There's good creation. Like, but to me, it's it's a better playoff team. And there's not enough there to like get stops when you need them. Like I have a lot of questions about the defense. And I get it. They were really bad last year with that one coach. They brought in the new guy. They got hot. Oh, put some respect me, on Nate McMillan's name. The new guy. That's Nate motherfucking McMillan, bro. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> he was good, man. They had it rocking. I, th- I think Bogey's gonna be. Bogey's gonna be good. He was. He was hurt, but yeah, Bogey's gonna be good. I like Herder, but again, like they have so many creators. Like someone has to play defense, and I know Reddish is. He's got all the tools. He's got the wingspan. He's got all that. If he puts it together and can play 25 to 30 a night and give them great defense and play a complimentary role, I could see this for them. But in the tougher East, like, they just don't – they don't really have a point guard off the bench. I mean, I'm just not Let's feeling Let's go, Chuck. All right, let me talk Tell to you me about why. my Hawks. <laughs> let me talk to you about my Hawks. I'm playing this at over 46 and a half all day. I almost okay. like it as much as the Knicks. Let me fucking tell you why, Chuck. All right? Last year, Lloyd Pierce from the jump, terrible. Didn't get anything out of this group. It was a very talented group. I was high on him last year. uh, Lloyd Pierce comes in and just does a terrible job. Nate McMillan comes in, and they go 27 and 11. And I was telling people all year long, if they had Nate McMillan all year, they'd be up there – a notch below the Bucks, a notch below the Nets. And they come in, they go beat Philly on the road in seven. They go win game one against Milwaukee. Trey Young's hurt for game five and six. I'm all over this over. I had it at 50 and a half. I just, I think they're as legit as you can be. I don't have concerns about the defense because of Clint Capella. And you go through the roster, I think they're deep as fuck. You got Trey Young. I love backup point guard DeLon Wright. You have Lou Williams coming in there if you need just buckets. You got Bogey at the two. You got Kevin Herter backing him up. You have Cam Reddish there. You have DeAndre Hunter, who's apparently healthy. You have John Collins, who just signed that max. You have Clint Capella anchoring the paint. And let's not forget about my guy, Danilo Gallinari. He's a bucket. He knows how to play basketball. He's an offensive spacer to a T. He can pass it. He's not physically a good defender but he's always in the right spots you have a guy in nate mcmillan again this team went 27 and 11 last year and because i have bogey i'm a little bit more into you know we all have our fantasy players and so we pay more attention to the media within that team just like you do with philly um even though you don't even have maxi but whatever um and love and, him, bro and this hawks, no respect respect bro but this Hawks team has that underdog mentality still. They still have the chip on their shoulder. And I really think that last year's run 
makes them hungrier for this year. And last year, you know, you can you can expect a natural progression from John Collins. You can expect Trey Young to get better. You can expect Cam Reddish to get better. Cam Reddish was invisible last year, right? Like DeAndre Hunter's fully healthy, and everything I'm reading is chip on the shoulder season. Like this is just the beginning season. Like they are locked in as a group. I think 46 and a half is really low for them. I, I think I at this point, you can call me crazy. I think they are the third best team in the East right now. And you can make a case it's Philly, but with the Joel, look, I know Joel is going to go down at some point. I own him in fantasy, but it is inevitable. He's going to miss some games in the regular season. Um, and so I think this is this by far is my third favorite team in the East in terms of the regular season. I think they've got everything they need and, and I expect Trey Young to get better. So I'm riding the Hawks this year over 46 and a half. I think they easily, I think they win 50 games. Uh, but I, did, I definitely think they easily get to 47. I fuck with Nate McMillan and, and just the vibe of this team overall. Um, and, I, and they made me money last year. So I'm going to stick with them. I'm going to ride them. I'm playing the Hawks at over 46 and a half. What do you think? I just, I'll, I'll say something good and then I'll go negative Nelly one more time on this. I think the biggest difference this year is you have a, he- a healthy bogey. And like, yeah. I love him as a player, bro. As a secondary creator or as like a connector type player, he is so good, bro. You can't run primary offense through him, but as a shooter, as someone who can create and attack closeouts, he's very, very good. And I signed he, him to that deal on fantasy, bro. I knew it. Thank you. I'm I like him a lot. Him this year, bro. And he's sneaky. He, guess what his wingspan is? This is my favorite question to ask people about. Me. I don't know. He's it's 6'11", big. Chuck. It's six eleven, bro. He actually yeah. gets up steals. Like I'm not even here to say, oh, lockdown defender, but just in terms of fantasy, he gets steals, bro. So, all right, go ahead to your negative Nelly side, bro. What what do you, what is there not to like about this Hawks team coming off an Eastern oh. Conference Finals appearance? They're gonna be better and healthier, bro. If his, no one in the media like talks about Bogey either. And the, the Kings, like, just let him go. That is the craziest. I couldn't believe that. I've, I've gone off on the Kings on this podcast before. For <laughs> like that. Like, you just. But, okay, okay. All right. All right. The Hawks, like, Capella's going to miss a couple games. Big O on Yika. Shout out, Kyle. Shout out, Kyle. But, bro, oh, like they need on Yika. On, on Yeka. On they need him, bro. And he's going to be out, like. When DeAndre Hunter or Cam Reddish aren't playing, it is literally just funnel everything to Capella and clean it up. It's like the Jazz defense, bro. And I just don't know, as a regular season team, if it's going to be a high win total. And I got questions about Hunter, man. Like, the IRL impact and how good he is, I can respect it. But at this point, that knee is chronic. And they are not going to overextend him at all. I think the big pressure points, how good is Bogey? And how good is Reddish? That's what you that that's the key to hitting that. Bogey's fucking really good, and I don't know. I can't lie. I love his tools. I I know that. I think his tools scream. Needs to be on the floor though. Same Reddish. Scream Paul George to me if his head's on straight. But I don't even think they need him to be this elite dude for them to be good. He's the he's the argue. They they have Reddish, but they also have. Hunter, Bogey, and Herder, you know? So it's not like we need 
Cam Reddish. I'm saying like the best versions of themselves, though. Not like just, yeah. I get you, bro. But I also think the DeLon Wright pickup was huge. Like, I, I do think I that is a backup point guard where I am. Do I want DeLon Wright starting for me? No. But if he's playing 15 and 20 minutes a night, I'm not mad at that at all. And I look, I know Jalen Johnson might not have the biggest impact this year, but I think Great he can fill in in some capacity for Onyeka. And I think Gallo, I think Gallo is fully capable. At this point, Gallo is a four. And he's no longer a three. I think Gallo fills in fine at the four for them. And if you really are, are concerned, maybe Onyeka plays more of the backup five. Bro, I, I don't think, I think you can do worse than Gorgie Jam. I honestly do. So I, he's serviceable. I, I love the depth there. I love the coach. I love the top end talent. I love the motivation factor too. So I'm all in on the Hawks, bro. But this will be good to come back to. I need to see it. Oh, bro. bro side note, they draft so well. Jalen Johnson was such Robert a good pick. Former Warriors exactly. Amazing pick, yeah. bro. No, bro. We're, I'm going to be playing. Uh, when, the, when the Hawks go win 55 games, I'm going to go post this, this clip on. Uh, <laughs> on <laughs> I, I, I hope you do, bro. <laughs> All right, bro. Uh, go ahead and hit lead off with Miami Heat. Oh, the Heat. I feel like I didn't look at that. All right, the Heat, the book had him at 48. I feel like I had him pretty close to there. Yeah, I had him at 47. I mean, I pretty much agree with that projection. Not yeah. much to say on it. They'll be good. I don't know if they're going to overachieve. I don't know what you think about that one. Uh, I'm I'm dead on. I had it 48 and a half. Um, I think they, they're going to be way better than last year. You know, we go back yeah. to the narrative that I've talked about and loved. The revenge season, the chip on the shoulder season. I think that is it for the Heat this year. But 48 and a half uh, prices that in. You know, like that's yeah. – you go win 49 games, there, there's your bounce back season. 49 games in a tough Eastern Conference is, a, is an accomplishment. And if you go told me they won 48, I don't think they'd be mad at 48. You know, like if they go win 48 games, that's a decent year for them and that's still not hitting the over. Um, so I was dead on – I'll pass on that number for sure. But it's a playoff team, too, I feel like. They're so good at adjustments in the playoffs. That's all yeah. they care about. They won't overextend themselves. Exactly, bro. Exactly. Um, let's go to a team that I know you have uh, a little bit to talk about, bro. And I can't, you know, no. I'll wait. I'll wait till you make your points, and then I'll come. Talk to me about the Washington Wizards. I got um, – You go first on that one. Yeah. Okay. My book has 33 and a half. I set my line at 31 and a half. And I think looking at it, I could be slightly low on him, but I for sure am not playing the over. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Look, I, I think they had a solid offseason. I really do. I think one, getting those that people didn't like the deal, you know, where they deal rust, but like, honestly, bro, like, I think getting, any sort of pieces back for a guy like Russ on that contract is a win. I, I honestly do. They spread the wealth around a little bit. I don't hate Kuzma as a winning basketball player. Is I, do I think he's a go-to guy, a one or a two or a three? No. But I don't. I, I think you can do worse, right? I like KCP as a three and D guy. I like Spencer Dinwiddie. I really do. But we go back to the gel gelling thing. I don't think it gels just like that. I I, and there's just so many question marks, you know, like 
I don't know how good Daniel Gafford is. I don't know how good Thomas Bryant is. I know Montrez Harrell is not going to move the needle in any way. You know, I, I don't think he's moving the needle. That's all I'll say. And it's a new head coach. I don't know where Denny's at. Like, it, it's just too much up in the air. Dinwiddie's off the of ACL. And on top of that, we talked about that. Bradley Beal is the toughest dude for me to really evaluate. And this will be a big year for evaluating, okay, how good is Bradley Beal? Is he in the upper, upper echelon, or is he just outside of that? Um, so for me, in a Eastern Conference, like we talked about, that is really tough. And there's very even the teams that we are considering, you know, bottom feeders, Cavs, Pistons, we'll get to the Magic later. There's some talent there, you know, and if you told me, you know, the Pistons hosted the Wizards at home on opening night, they don't. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Pistons go win that game, you know. So for me, you got to go win 34 games, 34 and 48. You know, that's not a ton of games, but it's also above the floor, you know, those bottom bottom feeders. Um, And so for me, it's a pass, but I do lean the under. I know you don't feel that way, bro. So tell me why. Yeah, I mean, I, I the valid concerns, but listen, book him 33 and a half. I have him at 39. And listen, I, I like totally that, get it, bro. You like that, man. I totally get it, man. Okay, listen, I'm going to tell you the starting lineup they started the most last year. Or not the most, but the projected, like everyone's healthy. This is what we're starting, right? Yeah. Westbrook, Beal. I think Denny was in there most of the time. They had Mo Wagner, they had Bertans, and they had Thomas Bryant. I, I don't know if you watch Thomas Bryant, but anytime he's in there, it's literally a free reign to the bucket. Like the opposing team, it's get after the bucket whenever you want it. His pick and roll defense could be better. It's bad, bro. I, I get it. Harold is. By the way, he's still bad. He's still the there. Shit. What? Thomas Bryant is still a Washington Wizard. Yeah, 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 for sure. But. Let me, let me let me tell you the good shit. Okay. They right. got they got Daniel Gafford now. That was like an <laughs> underrated, very good move. Think of like think, think of the Lakers with Javel and fucking Dwight Howard. But this guy is young and in his prime. Like, just just being big and being out there and providing above average rim protection, which he can do based on the numbers and based on the limited playing time. He's got to stay healthy, but he can do it. That's already an improvement to their defense. And you got Dinwiddie, who I, I'm not as high on Dinwiddie as most people, but as a secondary creator, someone that can like get in the paint, create a little bit, I, I can rock with it. Beal, you know, he's going to give you 28, 30 a night. He's a star, not a superstar, but he's fine as the one on a 38 win team. I mean, he's just fine. He's fine doing what he is. He's not super great. He's not an all, he's not, he is an all star. He's not a superstar. Yeah, And then you just got more depth this year, bro. You got KCP, Kuzma. You got Denny, who can take steps and possibly, like, create off the bench. I'm all here for Denny, a good Denny season. You know this. You got Kispert, another shooter. You still got Raul Neto, and you got Aaron Holiday. And then you got Harrell, who can – if you play him against centers that are not killing him when he's on defense, then he's fine. But you don't need okay, him to play those important fourth quarter minutes. You can have fucking Gafford play those play those minutes. You can go small. There's just so much versatility, and there's more talent. Like the talent to me, like to me to be a super elite team and to have like a huge season. You need chemistry. You need talent. Like, like the Bulls can't win 50 games this season to me. 
but the Wizards, based on their talent, can win 38. That's my biggest argument. You said you 39. Off, you, that. you said 39. They go 39 and 43. I think they have to be really damn good to get there. But I, yeah, I don't necessarily. All right, you're back to that's still way over 33 and a half. So I, I get you. That's yeah, I would play that, bro. Like, okay, you can sign up my my bookie all games seven three four. Bro, just, you don't like the depth and the talent on that team, like to be. Bro, to I, I don't. I don't dislike the depth. I agree. I agree that they're deep, but I also think that their second most relied on player will be Spencer Dinwiddie coming off an ACL tear. And their number one reliant player is a guy that we don't know is a superstar. And 34 and 48 is still like, okay, let's go. Let's, let's do some actual calculations. So 34 and 48 is a win percentage of 41. Last year, teams that had a 41% win percentage. Uh, okay. The closest to that was like the bulls at 43%, 31 and 43. I think that bulls, Mm-hmm. You have no. a point. You have a point. You do Bro, have a point. They had Westbrook winning them games. Like, they were not playing with Beal and Westbrook together a lot last season. And I get Westbrook is gone. And honestly, that's a good move. Get out of that contract. Get depth. You know, go for it. But even, like, like you get rid of him, and there's more usage to go around for these other guys. No, I, I agree. And you, you make a good point. I, I guess I was... 34, 34 wins felt like a lot to me, but I can see how they there is definitely a path to get there. But I think for me, at the end of the day, it's a complete it's a completely different team, right? In that the personnel is completely different and the coach is completely different. And so there's just too much unknown there for me to say I'm playing, I'm playing this over. But I, I understand your thought process is sound, and I get Even it. Even when he's been healthy, like, he, he would have played in the finals, bro. No, he's I, been I, healthy for a while. I don't think it's like, I, he's, you know, he's just getting back. No, that, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, I also just can't tell you that I know how good Spencer Dinwiddie is. And I also – look, Gafford's good. He's very athletic, can protect the rim. I don't think he's all that much worse in terms of overall knowing where to be than Tom Bryant. And who knows? I could be wrong, but that Washington Wizards defense was never at any point serviceable last year with him on the floor. And granted, it was a, as a unit. And Wes Unsell yeah. Jr. is apparently a much better defensive coach. You're seeing that prioritized with a lot of these hires. Uh, but it's just too much in the air for me, bro. I don't have the talent there. All right, that's See, fair, like, do you think they beat the Pistons? I think they beat the Pistons most nights. I think sure, the Pistons the are at 25 and a half. The, the Wizards are projected eight eight more wins. Like that's factored Who's in there. Winning the Raptors or the Wizards? I, I give me the I go the Raptors. Okay. Neutral okay. court. I think the Raptors are a better team. We'll see though. Okay. We'll see. All right. Go ahead and and uh we got two more teams. Go ahead and hit a lead off for the Hornets. I had 38 and a half on my book and I, yeah, I had that too. I had my number was 38 and a half too. Ooh, 37 for me. Okay. Go ahead, bro. You're wearing the Hornets colors. Shit. I really, mean, I me, it looks like you had a lot to say on the Hornets. I wouldn't bet that. I think that's around where they finish, you know, 37, 38 high thirties is sounds like a good, 
a good yeah. spot for them. I think you got to factor in a little growth from LaMelo. I think they're going to miss Devontae Graham off the bench more You're than people realize. You're a huge Devontae Graham guy, bro. Huge, man. No just, he's a winning basketball player that gets so much heat because he can't shoot a two for his life. Dude, just does he get that much heat? I think he gets an appropriate amount of heat. <laughs> no, not the same shit I'm looking at, I guess. <laughs> Dude. Don't I miss don't him. Like, if you're playing Book Knight uh, this season, you're gonna lose more games. Like, Book Knight might be the better prospect, but dude, I don't think Book Knight's gonna play all that much. I think who's the first guard off the bench? Uh, Ishmith. No, it's this probably doesn't really matter to overall teams, but it's uh. Look, I, I'm not caught up on the first guard off the bench. It probably is book night. But at the end of the day, you go Lamella, Terry, some combination. Do you think Plumlee starts at the five? I do, yeah. Okay. so I, then, I don't think they're starting think they at the four. I don't know, man. It was Miles uh-huh. yesterday. I think they're going to get a look at PJ in the preseason. I, I know he had some weird troubles going on, and he didn't finish last year hot, and Miles finished hot. So I'm not sure on that. But I, yeah, I, I love both of those guys. I think in a pinch, I lean miles, but it's just a really talented team. You know, you go LaMelo. I love the improvement that Terry made. I think it's for real. Then you go Gordon Hayward, former all-star borderline all-star still uh, miles or PJ and then plum, or you can go uh, miles at the four PJ at the five, which I know they actually like, and then bring plum off the bench. Um, you have book night and that's the thing, I, you know, I don't think book night has to be all that special. I think you can just play a microwave role 15, 20 minutes a night. Just go ask him to get buckets. I honestly didn't love the Kelly Oubre signing. I think it's one of those things where it's like less is more sometimes. Um, and I don't think Kelly getting extra shots away from some of those guys is something you'd necessarily want, but whatever. He's talented in his own way. Um, uh, and I, I yeah, I, I just like the, I also fuck with James Borrego. I think he's done a really good job, and I think it would have been really easy, especially last year. Like, that that team last year and still is a group of young pups, and sometimes you just have them running around with their head cut off. But I think he did a really good job of, like, finding that balance between, all right, let's be somewhat disciplined, but also, like, I, I'm not trying to, like, hold these youngins back from just going and hooping too, and I think he balanced both of those pretty well. So I'm high on him as a coach, but at the same time, like, Winning 39, 39 and 43, like what you said with, with the Wiz, it's a lot of games in a tough Eastern Conference. And, you like, Sarge is going to hate me for this, but, you know, Gordon Hayward goes down for 10, 15 games. It changes things. They're scrambling. Next thing you know, you know, they're getting – yeah, he says he's been sneakily healthy, and he has a point in some respect. But at the same time also, you know, he's missed some games for sure the past couple of years. So um, I like him overall, but – let me ask you this, bro. You like them more or the Wizards more? Not at their prices, but just straight up. Uh, I'm, to me, they're like either way. Like I, I'd have the Hornets at about, I think, 39, 38, or 40 is perfect for them. And I think that's fine for the Wizards too. I mean, sexier and like overall talent and upside, yeah, go with the Hornets. Like Wizards are boring as shit, and it's not going to be cool at all, but – yeah, I, I think they finish like right next to each other. Honestly, I think I'd lean the Hornets, but uh, again, I get I get your point, and 
I think 38 and a half is right in line. So I'm staying away. Um, let's move to the last team. Uh, I don't know about you, but in my eyes, uh, definitely the worst team in the East this year. And that's the uh, Orlando Magic. Um, I had them at 22 and a half. And that's what my book gave me on both my books, 22 and a half. So I'm not playing anything here. Um, what are your thoughts on Orlando this year? Yeah, 22 and a half. I had him at 21. I think I think Suggs is going to show a lot. I think Suggs is going to be very good. I agree. Um, other than that, I mean, I'm hoping for a good Wendell year. I really am. I just want him to stay healthy. I don't fuck 27 minutes. What? I don't fuck with Wendell, bro. I don't know if he's burned you in the past or anything. He burned the Bulls. But if he can just stay on the court, man, he's a double-double. When has he been able to do that? Never. But, but there, there's new things. Sometimes you got to try something new, bro. No, I get it. But but I don't think Wendell's ever a guy that plays 30 minutes because anytime he does, he breaks down. And I also just don't think he's all – does he have talent? Yes. I used to be a big Wendell guy. But it never seems to translate on a nightly basis. Like, I've never seen him – like even when Wendell's cooking, I never see him like take over a game. Not that I, not that he's yeah, not even type not of player, him. but you know, I look. I like a lot of individual pieces there. I love Jalen Suggs. I honestly, you know, as much as Kyle Ives him up, I like R.J. Hampton. You know, I like Chuma Okizi. I I still like Mo Bamba. You know, I don't think Cole's as oh. bad as people say. I love Jonathan Isaac. I hope he comes back this year too. And I like Markel too. But it's a lot of young pieces. It's a new coach. I don't know when Isaac's coming back. I don't know when Fultz is coming back. Um, I think it's one of those teams that very easily could lose with a purpose, like the Pistons, you know, where they're losing. But it's, you know, it's it's with a purpose, and you can see they're building something there. But, like, I, I really do think this is a year set up perfectly for them to tank and go get a number one pick, where it's like, all right, Towards the end of the year, we already have the worst record. Like, let's go make sure we we clearly finish with the best chance uh, when the ping pong balls come around. So, uh, I think twenty two and a half is fair. Yeah. Twenty two and a half is fair. I think they'll show some signs of life, but not necessarily in the win column. Let me tell you the best version of Wendell, though. The best version of this man <laughs> is going to be about twenty eight minutes a night, fourteen and ten. He spreads the defense out. He figures out his three-point shot. He can hit him at a respectable clip, and he plays above-average defense. That's that's what he is—an above-average starting center at his peak, I think. So we're talking best case is Jakob Pertl with a jump shot. Yeah, that's valuable. It is. It is, but it's like not what he was touted as. But. Yeah. Okay. So and, and I, I just he—he's made of glass. He's made of glass, bro. And bro, but I agree. So like the best version of Wendell is that. But like, I don't know if we get that. Like, I'd rather gamble on Mo Bamba than him. Like, if I were choosing between the two, that might be a hot take. And Bamba's made out of glass too. But I'd rather gamble on those two. But, the thing is with Bigs though, it just matters like about positioning. And Bamba hasn't really figured that out no, so far. Sure. He might. Who knows? He's got all the length and all, really all the physical tools. Yeah. All right. So that uh. That about wraps it up, bro. I'm going to recap this. I'm going to go. I am playing for sure. Best bet, favorite bet of the Eastern Conference totals. New York Knicks over 41 and a half. Yes, please. You get a regular season coach who lives for regular season wins. 
a team that got better was already the fourth seed. Hype building on the culture. Knicks over 41 and a half. I'm playing the Pacers over 42 and a half, minus 105. I'm playing the Hawks easy at over 46 and a half. And uh, Chuck just about convinced me to, to hop on the Pistons too. So I'm going to add that on Twitter after. And then for you, where are you at? It, I know you haven't placed anything, but, you know. Yeah, it, I mean, I echo your next statement. Uh, what else? I mean, I would play the next one. I would, I'm going to play the Wizards one, and I'm going to play the Pistons, I believe. So, yeah. Perfect. So there you go. Me and Chuck in agreement on the Knicks. I think that's a, a slam slam dunk. I sign off on the Hawks, too. That was pretty convincing, but I could easily see myself being right. So we'll see on that. Yeah, we'll see, bro. We'll see. Hey, I, I appreciate you, bro. I, I think you guys can expect Chuck more and more um, as the season goes on. We'll, we'll have a podcast every week where we recap uh, the league, and, and I think the different guys from the league have hit me up and um, will be a big part of that. But I appreciate you signing on becoming a semi-regular guy and uh, appreciated all your insight, bro. Yeah, it was fun, bro. Thank you for having me on. Yep. Appreciate you all for tuning in. We'll be here all year long. I got the Western Conference coming out probably early next week. Haven't decided. I'm trying to get my boy Tyler on. He's going through some shit. Hopefully can get him on for the West. If not, might run it with Sarge or get Chuck back on here. But look forward to that. NBA season. Two and a half weeks out, we are right in the money time. Life is good for sports fans. Thank you for tuning in. Much love. Have a good night, guys.